Welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And it's the second week of January, so we're covering... Jean Grey stuff. Uh, specifically, Here Comes Tomorrow, the final arc of Morrison's new X-Men run. You know what I did to prepare for this episode? You wrote a song. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably edit it in here. Apocalypse messed up Cyclops, Cassandra Nova broke the blocks, used the DNA of Trask to execute a plot. Controlled wild sentinels, blew Genosha up in whole, destroyed Magneto's country, only Emma Frost survived. Now she had a diamond form, the X-Men were uninformed, brought Nova back to school to find out who she was. She'd been killed in utero, survived as a subconscious though, sharing in the powers of her bro Professor X. Secretly she switched their minds, leaving her twin bro behind, in a body set to quickly die a broken wreck. Professor X went on TV, revealed he was a mutee, open X corporations all around the world. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. John Sublime captured Zorn, inside his head was a star torn, planned to be used for evil purposes. Scott, Emma, Logan, Domino teamed up and saved Zorn, though Scott got him to teach instead of die. Scott and Emma talked things up, Emma wanted badished up, but he still cared for his wife, Jean Grey. Xavier went off to space, still with his mind replaced, meanwhile new students came to the school. Angel's home was abusive, Beak was an ugly mutant, Stepford Cuckoo's were copies of Emma Frost. Human came to harvest pits, cause they really were the pits, worked for the third species, dream of their boss, John Sublime. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing, teams rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. The entire school got sick, Nano Sentinels caused it, part of a bigger plan to destroy the whole team. They brought on humans to learn more, behind Xavier's open doors a chance for them to realize Xavier's dream. But then the humans soon attacked, Jean's Phoenix Force came on back protecting students and alerting her of Xavier's fate. She and Emma saved his mind, but Nova snuck up from behind, using Shi'ar Guardians to hit them while they were down. But the truth of Nova came, Zorn and Cyclops soon explained, and they tricked her into going into another's mind. Now Xavier was back at home with legs so that he could roam, but the world they lived in was totally brand new. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. In Europe, they met Phantom X, who revealed that Weapon X secretly was a weapon that was number 10. Phantom X was 13, but decided he'd be keen if he made himself both French and suave. He offered to sell info, but Xavier did not go, hoping Phantom X might be good for good's sake. They fought an evil hive mind, Darkstar was left behind, mostly because someone had to die in this tale. Zorn failed to save a kid, Beak got his first kiss, and Magneto had saved Genosha's thoughts on tape. Just was saved by Wolverine, Lalandra had to break clean, cause the mutant race was proving to do too much harm. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. 
The school planned an open house, but problems soon broke out when mutant artist Jumbo Carnation was killed. Quentin Quire was real good till all he understood was revealed to be a pack of lies. He struck out and took some kick and became a big old dick, started the Omega Gang to cause a big old mess. The revolution was stopped soon, cause the cuckoos acted too, but the first member of the Quintet died. Xavier resigns, the cuckoos leave him up behind, Emma and Scott hook up upon the psychic plane. The cuckoos reveal the twist, Jean Grey gets really pissed, and someone shatters Emma Frost in diamond form. Morsa didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. Meanwhile, Zorn has special class, fought more human, kicked their ass, B got Angel pregnant, and they kept it from the school. Bishop and Sage were called in for the investigation. Turns out Esme Cuckoo got Beak to do crimes. She'd been dealing the kick, got Quire to go and flip, caused more division in the school for a bigger plot. She quickly frees the school under someone else's rule while someone inside is working against the team. Emma Frost confronted Jean, she finally gets some empathy, but the dirty laundry maid Cyclops run too. Cyclops goes to drink his sorrow, Wolverine concern soon follows, and with Phantom X they decide to take on Weapon Plus. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, they were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men, he made things new and did it for you. After drinking at the club and almost fighting Sabretooth Bob, they pack up and head off into outer space. They visit inside the world an artificial plane unfurled where even time can be artificially controlled. Inside they find a place unstuck in time with machines and living beings to wipe the mutants out. Wolverine learns his past but the time just cannot last cause Scott and Phantom X set the base to explode. Wolverine was left behind with his fate left undefined as Xavier summoned X-Men to his side once again. Jean Grey found Wolverine and they found the world machine was built inside the ruins of Asteroid M. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. They were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. He made things new and did it for you. Zorn was now acting suspicious, using Dustin Wade's malicious attacking Xavier and cutting Cerebra off. Zorn is actually Magneto until the retcons. Okay, let, let's take a break and ignore those for now. Magneto and Zorn's special class were expected to kick some ass, and Magneto high and kicked attacked NYC. As May was on his side, Magnus helped his Zorn lies use nano sentinels. I guess that now makes sense. But the class did not trust, since he killed Basilusk and his lack of leadership and basic planning skills. He wanted to make Planet X, but his plan just mainly vexed because it involved reversing Earth's magnetic poles. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. They were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. He made things new and did it for you. Asteroid and moved towards the sun. Jean and Logan thought they were done because Jean couldn't access her full powers then and there. He stabs her to end her life, but the Phoenix Force then shines bright, allowing her full control to reunite the team. Being an 
Beast and Emma had been stranded on a plane that badly landed, attacked by Magneto, but Jean rescued them too. Meanwhile, Cyclops leads a ragtag group of refugees and Beak attacks Magneto with a metal bat which fails. Xavier is in a tank but with a Phantom Max fake. Magneto lets the tank break, freeing his idealistic foe. Magneto's revolution failed, Esme Cuckoo was impaled because Magneto is a junkie, which is kinda weird. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. They were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. He made things new and did it for you. Everyone wants Zorn back, but Magneto won't give him that. And Ransom loses more support from the crowd. Xavier points his reps hurt. Since he's real, not just a shirt. Cause real people have flaws, not like icons we create. Xavier wants a new start, but Magneto attacks Jean's heart with an EMP as he calls for his own death. Wolverine does oblige and decapitates the guy, ending Magneto until the retcon, which is dumb. Cyclops runs to see his wife. She says not to waste his life because all I ever do is die on you, Scott. And that gets us to the end. Here comes tomorrow, my good friend. What happens in the future when a phoenix egg is found? Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. They were always changing teams, rearranging. Morrison didn't kill the X-Men. He made things new and did it for you. And then, like, after those, like, eight minutes or however long it is of recording, people have probably forgotten how this sentence started. But yeah, uh, I ended up rereading all of Morrison's new X-Men run. That's good. Mm-hmm. I read parts of it like forever ago. Yeah, well, I think especially for this story, so much of it is made sensical by like remembering what went on in the story or in that arc. No, that's not why I didn't like it, Luke. Well, people don't know that you didn't like it up until that point. Oh. You could have kept hey, your cards close. I thought the story was bad. Why did you think the story was bad? We'll get into it, Luke. The reason Beast is evil is really stupid. Oh, I took drugs because I'm sad. Wow. That was dumb. That's not how it happened. You fool. You dingus. Or also, but, uh, let's just keep randomly tossing in that man about how he wants to keep banging Eva for like, that comes out of like nowhere. I'm good. So, Let's have sex. Oh, my sentinel's mad that I want to have sex with this one instead of it. Oh, happens like a lot, Luke. That added nothing to the story. Well, I'll prove you wrong. So here comes tomorrow, set on Earth one five one zero four. Uh, it had like a brief three-page epilogue at the end of uh, New X-Men number 150. But the majority of the story takes place over the last uh, four issues of Morrison's X-Men run. Uh, numbers 151 through 154 with illustrations by Mark Silvestri with inks by Matt Banning, Joe Weems, Billy Tan, Eric Basula, and Tim Townsend. With colors by Steve Furchow, Matt Miller, John Starr, Frank D'Armada... Beth Sotelo and Brian Busoletto, with letters by VCs Russ Wutan and Chris Eliopoulos. 
And it is now 150 years in the future from whenever Morrison's X-Men or whenever the X-Men series you were reading ended. And we open with Tom Skylark being chased by a pack of five crawlers who are genetically engineered clones of Nightcrawler. Luckily for Tom, his partner Rover, who's a original generation Sentinel, is there to help. And he kills all of them, or so it seems. And it turns out that so far they have been at the ruins of the Xavier Mansion. So he ends up meeting with Eva, who is a evolved form of Phantom X's mutation, which was a spaceship. Phantom X being part of the Weapon Plus program that was made to kill mutants, but he decided to not kill mutants instead. And Tom and Rover, who make up the team Rover and I, are currently there because they have the Phoenix Egg, which had been found on the moon by the proud people who may have been the descendants of the Inhumans who have all been killed since. Together, the three of them head to the Manhattan Crater, which is a crater surrounded and filled with old buildings like the Taj Mahal, the Apple Tower, Big Ben, and other classic achievements that they wanted to preserve. And even though Tom is human, they are accepting him into the X-Men to help him stop the beast because they point out that, oh, yeah, it's important that X-Men is like a cross-species team. Also, the beast is everyone's enemy. It'd be stupid to reject him. Yeah. Uh, The Beast, meanwhile, is over in Transatlantis, marking people with the mark of the beast. You know, like the devil. Yeah. Like 666. And he is now a more uh, white, uh, lion-headed buff boy, making his armies of crawlers, like the one that we see that has hidden inside Rover. And the Beast has had access to pretty much all the mutant powers so far. He's just been unable to get into the Institute, which is the secret base where Eva had just brought Tom and Rover. And the crawler that hid inside Rover escapes and begins duplicating because it has the powers of multiple man. And it begins attacking with optic blast because it has the power of Cyclops. And as more and more of them appear, they're able to expand their teleportation range. Luckily, Beak, who is Tito, one of the grandsons of Beak and Angel, show up. And unfortunately, though, the crawlers are able to steal the Phoenix Egg, which has Jean Grey inside of it. Jean Grey having been killed by Magneto. Back at the Institute, the three and one who are the remaining members of the separate cuckoos are there. Phoebe, Celeste, and Mindy slash Irma, because Morrison had created the five cuckoos and planned to have their first names spell out the word spice, but only four of them remained, and Chuck Austin was unaware of that, and named one Mindy, which Matt Fraction later on retconned, because Matt Fraction appreciates the small things in life. Anyways, Wolverine is still... Why didn't he just name all five of them? Because he was doing a slow rollout. Of them. Like he didn't name. Like, you know, it's Morrison. He does complicated and convoluted stuff because he wants other people to pick up on things. No. This is going to be one of those episodes, isn't it, Devin? You should have fixed it before you left the book. No. Yeah. 
But like, you know what happened to all of the stuff that he did or most of the stuff that he did after he left the book, right? Yeah, it gets all retconned, basically. Yeah, except for the stuff that they keep. And then that gets undone in other ways, like with House of Emma, because Morrison is like, oh, yeah, we've got enough mutants now that we can have mutant culture and mutant fashion is going to be a thing. And then, oh, House of M. Anyways, Wolverine is still around without being like a super old man Logan. But basically everything went shitty over the past while. Cassandra Nova Xavier also shows up, which is a bit weird since she had been evil and was sort of killed or stopped. But it's also Morrison who likes to have redemption for people. Because the last time that we saw Cassandra Nova, she had been put into the body of one of the Shi'ar super guardians who could transform. And then shortly after, a girl who looked like her started showing up in the special class that was taught by Zorn. And Cassandra Nova points out how time and reality are fundamentally broken somewhere. And we then flash back to Scott Jean's grave where Emma asks him to return and teach with the X-Men. And he turns her down and says that he is quitting the X-Men. We then flash back to the end of the proud people of Starlight City. When Apollyon, the Destroyer, shows up, he is the last of the human who were a group created by John Sublime, who basically thought, hey, mutants are pretty cool. We want mutant powers, so we're going to kill mutants and take their body organs and put them onto our bodies. And Apollyon is named for the Angel of the Bottomless Pit, a.k.a. Abaddon, which... Uh, it comes mostly from the book of revelation and like what he is, is sort of unclear. And it, do you have any opinions on the book of revelation, Devin? No, I think it's pretty pointless. Anyways, Apollyon is there to herald the beast. And luckily also there is Murmax, the Irish mutant who may be a, mutated whale or who may be a whale who is actually a human who got turned into a whale and the proud people including the maker stand up against uh, apollyon so that tom can escape the armies of crawlers and there's also brian who has a magic car for whatever reason and we find out that tom has been sharing the story of how those people died because he's like oh yeah i did sort of lose that egg that they all died for and we're all sort of screwed now. But, you know, things are going to be fine because the three and one have ordered Eva and the X-Men to attack the Beast. Because they know that Beast wants to stop evolution and Jean will be able to do that, which is not good, especially if she sides with the Beast. And meanwhile, Rover's getting jealous because Tom is flirting with Eva. But Tom does not recognize that Rover may actually have emotions and care for him. Is this where you want to put in your comments? Or yeah, this came out of nowhere and was dumb. What that Tom is horny for robots? Like any of that. Like the, we had some weird, stupid love triangle, which is only made creepier later because it essentially says that Rover is basically his daddy. That Rover raised him. I mean, that's uh, there's a difference between that and being a daddy. No, he pretty much said that basically he's. it was more like he was a father figure rather than we're going to bone. 
But like none of these characters existed in this way before this arc. So it's all shorthand. But it, but it's like what what is this contributing to the story? Humanity, because this comes Emotions. up like a lot of times. Like this, this has like nothing to do with the plot. Yeah, but it's building these characters. It's giving them depth. Oh, I felt it's no asking depth how characters from them at all. It's asking how our relationship with technology might change in the future. You can bone it. No, I Anyways. don't buy that. Well, you're free to be wrong. Cassandra Nova and Wolverine make some last minute checks and they see that the Phoenix is going to like come and judge and destroy the world if they don't succeed. So the X-Men assemble. So they are Tom, Rover, Eva, Wolverine, Cassandra Nova, Beak, and Martha, who was a brain in a jar that was originally harnessed by John Sublime to help fight psychics that were trying to stop him. Beast, meanwhile, has been dissecting the proud people and running more experiments, including working on a parasite that eats the thoughts of the hosts. Apollyon, meanwhile, still wants to be made perfect and wants to get that phoenix energy grafted onto him. And the beast really doesn't care and uses the crawlers to help hatch the phoenix egg early. And as a result, Jean's memories are incomplete. She remembers him as Hank and the beast, but he also says that he is sublime. So Sublime, or John Sublime, was the leader of the human who, as I mentioned before, wanted to be trans species. And he ended up getting killed by Emma Frost, sort of like a quarter way through the run. And meanwhile, in the future, Phoenix is visiting the remaining pockets that are living outside of the beast's control and wiping them out before absorbing them into the white hot room. Apollyon is now feeling uncomfortable since that used to be his job and the beast tells him to not worry. And But Apollyon is like, yeah, but you know that if like she remembers the truth, she's going to betray him. You should just give me that power. And the beast is like, no, no, it's, it's going to be better if like irony sets in and the savior that the mutants were hoping for ends up killing all of them. So she's got to attack him. And then he sends in a super advanced, uh, crawler that has like his DNA in it and the infectious mind parasite. Jean then returns because she heard about the X-Men in the memories of the people who she was absorbing and killing and wants to know more about them. And the beast tells them that they were the enemy because they fought for diversity. And the Phoenix is concerned that he's not telling her the full truth. Meanwhile, Murmax the Irish sperm whale mutant is under attack by crawlers looking to harvest him. And the X-Men are there to help. And we find out that Cassandra Nova may have also been Ernst from the special class, which I had mentioned before, like there's a lot of stuff that isn't explicitly, uh, that isn't explicitly spelled out and gets undone pretty easily because, you know, future stories often get undone. But I do like how, Cassandra Nova did finally realize her brother's dream. So the X-Men attack and during the battle, Tom decides that's a moment to confess his love to Eva because they might die soon. And Rover gets distracted, gets swarmed by crawlers, attacks, and then gets knocked into the ocean 
and he finally gets to call out Tom's name, which is his first word beyond destroy. And Tom is devastated because that Sentinel had raised him. And meanwhile, the rest of the X-Men are more concerned with the massive army of crawlers that are coming near to him. Back at the Institute, the parasitic mind is spreading through the crowd and they are attacking, uh, trying to get in at the three and one. And back in the ocean, the Phoenix appears before Wolverine, who, as I'd mentioned in the song, had also stabbed her and killed her. We then get some more information on Sublime, where three billion years ago it had been the ultimate organism. It was a hive mind that was unable to naturally evolve or change. And for a long time, it was able to live inside humanity. But when mutants started to show up, they were able to resist Sublime, which is why it made humans fear mutants and fight with them, which led to pretty much everything like the uh, Weapon Plus program and lots of other stuff. And while the Beast is explaining all this, Apollyon is really upset because he wants to be perfected. And Beast is like, oh, yeah, I could infect, I could inject you with this Phoenix serum, but instead I'm going to put it in myself. So Wolverine faces down Jean and starts setting her straight on what the X-Men are. And Tom is ready to give up. But Jean suddenly remembers Scott and Logan and Cassandra Nova and Martha work to reopen her mind, shock, uh, to reopen her mind chakra and her memories. And Jean fully reawakens. And we find out what went wrong. Pretty much because Cyclops didn't return to join the X-Men. Hank tried running the school. Things got bad. He ended up trying out Kick, oh, which was oh, the mutant power-enhancing drug. Oh, look at that. He gets addicted to drugs, Luke, which you said I was wrong when I said that's what happened. But Kick is actually sublime. It doesn't matter. He was doing drugs. He was doing a sentient virus that controlled his mind. He thought he was doing drugs. He thought he was enhancing his powers. He thought that he was getting some primo stuff, and turns out it was tainted. Mm, Basically, kids don't do drugs. It wasn't tainted, though. Like, tainted would mean that it was different than normal. It was literally what taint... It was literally what Kick always was, because yeah. Kick was also what drove Quentin Choir to lead the riot at Xavier's, and what led Magneto to try and take over the world again. Because they were doing drugs. Because they were literally injecting themselves with a organism that resists evolution, because it fears change. Because they were doing so Cassandra Nova gets killed off with an energy blast from the Beast after he kills Mermax. And the infected hosts of the Institute finally break through and reach the three-in-one. As Beast appears, Beak attacks him with a bat and is taken down. Tom tries to call to Rover and Rover reappears. And with uh, Eva's help, they're able to flank Beast. But Beast basically reprograms her thoughts. And makes her body produce what's sort of like a cancer program where she's just duplicating broken pieces. Wolverine goes to check on Beak, who thought that he had failed to live up to his grandfather's legacy. And Wolverine's like, no, you you did good. You 
you don't even have a real version of like who your grandfather was. And Wolverine goes to charge at the beast who blasts him, deactivates his healing factor. And Wolverine says goodbye to Martha as he is dying, which just leaves the beast and Jean behind. So Beast calls Jean to join his side, and instead she just removes all of the sublime from his body. And Beast's real personality is returned. And then Apollyon beheads him and believes that by killing God, he has achieved perfection. Tom says his goodbyes to Eva. Wolverine dies. And Jean ends up transcending into the Phoenix space. Dang it, Oxy. No, Oxy. You keep being cute. Nixon, 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 Nixon. Okay, I'm back. Now you're putting poor Oxy in a prison just like Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I gave her some belly rubs and then I turned on her laser toy. Okay, so Eva gets... uh, So so Tom calls Rover and Rover is able to swim back up and Rover and Eva... Wait, no, I did that part. Beast is dead, Luke. Oh, yep. Yep. So Jean ends up transcending into the Phoenix space where she sees all of the other hosts of the Phoenix, including a returned Quentin Choir. And they basically say that unless she makes a change, this universe is completely doomed. And she has to make sure that Scott doesn't give up. So she messages that she wants Scott to live. And we cut back to Scott and Emma in the graveyard. And when she asks if he wants to live and join the team, he says, yes. Preventing this universe. Yay. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. And you don't. Is... Can you, like, explain more of why you didn't like it? The world setup was cool. I just felt like the story was not super well written. Because? Because instead of, like, furthering, like, the actual plot, you kind of, like, start throwing in random things, which I didn't think the book was long enough to have, like, these little random poppings here and there. Like, like what random things? As I've discussed, that whole character of Tom I thought was completely worthless. But he's important for the team because like that X-Men team that they send in is a mix of like enemies of the X-Men and like literally they have a Sentinel joining the team and like a hyper-evolved robot mutant. And... Like, it's the ultimate realization of Xavier's dream when you've got a freaking sentinel on the team. Yeah, but then we start having weird romances between robots, which what that had nothing to do with anything. Love is part of life. Yes. It's, it still needs to be put in in ways that makes sense for the story, which it did not there. Yeah, it is. He's just like Box. He's horny for robots. And who likes the Box? No one. (laughs) James Uh, also made that clear, too. 
Yeah, so this is a better version. No. <laughs> Honestly, I like the box better than Tom Skywalk. So it's literally just you hate Tom Skylark a lot? Yeah, and he was kind of a major point of the book. Not really. I mean, it's this bigger realization of Xavier's dream and the connecting of all the different fibers that Morrison had introduced. But he was still the protagonist of the story, more or less. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, Luke. I wasn't into it. And maybe I was more into it because I literally did read like all of the Morrison run in about 24 hours. Yeah. Mm hmm. Apocalypse, up Cyclops, Cassandra, Nova, broke the blocks, use the DNA of trust to execute a plot. Uh, okay, so then let's put this on Trials of the Multiverse. This is Earth uh, 15104. And uh, how do you feel about it compared to Batman, Hellboy, Starman? That's better than that. Okay, see, like the way that you're talking about how you don't like this, it makes me feel like it would be a lot lower than that. So I I guess I'm trying to understand. The world was cool. I thought the story was bad. You specifically thought that Tom Skylark was bad. Who was the protagonist of the story. Yeah, but it's like there's other good stories with bad it's like thinking the world of Harry Potter is cool, but Harry Potter is a total tool that would make oh, yeah, all seven of those books really painful. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to that fake Exiles world from the uh, annual where the Exiles had to fight that team of copies based on the original team? Oh, it's worse than that. Uh, Super Illuminati? Sure, it can be better than that. Okay. So our new number 143 is Earth 15104. Here comes tomorrow. And then we got in some questions. Are you ready, Devin? Yes. Uh, Xavier Files asks, how fucking great is Tito? He was, AKA a, re- he was a real bird. That makes him better. Mm-hmm. And he's named after one of the Jackson 5. But I also thought Tito is one of the name of his actual just straight up children. Oh, yeah. This is technically Tito Jr. Okay. Uh, do you think that Morrison has read Revelations, the book of the Bible? I'd say probably. Yeah, probably. Please explain why John Sublime is dumber than Zornito. Uh, For those of you. Yeah, no, I think John Sublime is a good idea. 
though you you don't like him because it's it's a drug that makes you do bad things. No, I've read other stories with him in it that are much better. Like outside of the Morrison run? Yeah. Where else has he been used? Um, he was in one of the more recent X-Men runs. Oh. Huh. Okay, yeah. No, like, this is one of the things I've read a lot of, but I have not tackled anything else, so... Yeah, I he, think oh, yeah, 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 he's an evil twin sister. That's it. <laughs> Comics. And he teams up with the X-Men to stop it. Comics. Because she's like an yeah. evil alien version of him. Because she does like machines and such, I think. Hmm. I, uh... Yeah. I think that both of them are fine. Oh, and he wants I to play Rose of Summers. That was also the other thing he did. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with him. I'm also fine with Zornito. Like, I accept both of these things pretty equally. It's It's a lot better than the retcon, which makes zero sense. Though I do like the idea that the Magneto that returns after is actually just something that Wanda Maximoff created. Yeah. But I don't think there should have been separate entities that were Zorn. No, that was stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having a revolutionary who no longer understands the people and who hasn't seen how his dream is outdated and is unwilling to accept it is good. And then J. Jonah Jameson, who's at JJJ Bugle News, wants to know, how can a simple man like myself discuss to legitimate damage the mutant? Wait, how can a simple newsman like myself discuss the legitimate damage the mutant race causes without coming off like I am bigoted? JJJ treats all men equal, except those of an arachnid persuasion. Um, Property damage. Bam. Well, if you're going to talk about, like, the legitimate damage that is caused, you can say that it was, like, it was a mutant attack, but you don't wrap up all mutants in that. You, like, point out the group that caused and you just aren't, like, a racist about it. It's like if there is a attack by a... A white person, you don't necessarily need to demand that all white people face the consequences, though sometimes you do because, you know, white people aren't super good at uh, recognizing when there's uh, institutional racism and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, thank you, you two guys, for sending in those questions. Yep. J. Jonah Jameson should have known how to deal with being accused of being a racist from the time that Spider-Man got him. Remember that time in She-Hulk, yeah, some, Devin? Some of his best friends are black. <laughs> Including his news editor. Which actually, for the 60s, <sighs> was pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. So that that sort of uh, wraps us up for this point. Uh, next week, I, I've got to look up and see what we are covering. Because our list of like plans for year two has now moved down to year three. So we've got like the third page of stuff being covered. <laughs> oh, next week we're we're covering the first arc of New Exiles, Devin. I'm sorry. That's fine. Hopefully. So yeah, Chris Claremont killed off or sent away most of the exiles, and now we get his new team. I hope you survive the experience. Multiverse of Q is a weekly podcast. You can visit our website to see things like our image gallery. And now I'm also uploading text of all of the notes that I took because SEO and helping people to find out more about the podcast. Um, yeah, there are also some other like good things that are hopefully going to be coming up soon that I may have news about. Uh, we are also a listener-sponsored podcast where for as little as a dollar a month, you get things like early episodes and bonus content. I posted up the very, very bad version of me singing the Morrison Didn't Kill the X-Men song. So you got that that you could get for as little as $1 a month. And that money goes to help us uh, get things like budgets and getting more comics so we can reference them and hunting down the harder to find stuff that Marvel will probably never put up. Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at fredofett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at Luke L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R dot com. And, yeah, that that pretty much wraps us up for this week. So, uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure to send in those questions, and tell your friends about the podcast. And if you haven't left a review... You know, please do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful week. This one's for Hank.